been here for centuries, waiting for the right time to show themselves. By planning thoughts in the minds of men like Galileo, Newton, Edison, Einstein, and Steven Spielberg, they have prepared the human race for the inevitable encounter. Now, they are coming. They are coming for you. Run, but first close your windows, hide your apples, prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hello, welcome to Attack of the Androids, Episode 2. What was that? Attack of the Clones? 2? What was Episode 2, guys? It's no tu- idea. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2011. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Matt Lee. To my left, right, in virtual land, we have Joey Kelly. What's up, Joey? Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. How's everything going out there in the world of Android? Awesome and open, man, for the most part. Uh, we got Seth... Herringer with us. What's up, Seth? Hey, Matt. Good to be here. And yes, it is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Awesome. Attack of the Androids, episode two, Attack of the Clones. So I'm going to edit all of our voices to sound like Joey's. It'll be great. Uh, Also joining us, we got Jeremy Lesniak from beautiful Vermont. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on? If if this is going to be a clone episode, does that mean it's going to have to suck? Uh, <laughs> no, the first one will be cool, but then in like 10 years, I'm going to find it and I'm going to remaster it, and then it's going to suck. Uh, we have to make dark, episodes four through six pretty great. We'll, we'll try. I don't, I don't want to live up to any unnecessary hype, but we'll try. And then last but certainly not least, from beautiful Hawaii, which as I was informed on first episode, that is part of the U.S., so thank you, Seth. <laughs> uh, what's up, Todd? <laughs> what's up it's uh the, the clouds are up it looks pretty nice outside nice we're getting rain up here uh in montana so we kind of span the globe of uh of the u.s at least from montana vermont hawaii uh where are you at again seth uh pasadena ah cali nice and then joey of course in uh where are you at joey i am in the beautiful state of maine the most northeastern state in the union and by the way uh, for those that can't see us which is everyone uh we are all wearing identical white helmets that's right they're bumblebee transformer helmets actually there you go proud of it painted white in honor of being clones all right so basically this is the show that just covers everything android related from rooting deep deep into the sbf side of it all the way to hey what phone should I get? I don't know. There's like a billion of them. It's not like the iPhone where you just have one. Well, one every six months, but you have one. And so I think uh, people need to know that. I hear a lot of that in my travels of what phone should I get? Well, I don't know. How good are you? <laughs> you know, that's and that's what it all comes down to. But uh, it, real quick, we got some update news. Uh, did you guys notice the new Google Maps update? I didn't. I only use Maps when I go away and... In the last little bit, I haven't had a chance. So I, I, know know, I, I saw the download, but... Does anybody use maps and use latitude to, like, track your travels? Like, when I get to work, I check in at work, and then when I get home, I check in at home, and all that stuff. It's it's private to me, unless you're friends with me, you know, on, on latitude, but do, do any of you guys use that, uh, Todd? 
Yeah, I was using Latitude. And, you know, it's, what's interesting is when you check into – actually, you don't even have to check in. You just have to be at an airport. You turn it off. You turn it again in the next airport and assumes you flew there. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, pretty, cool. pretty cool. I, I, it's been a while since I've flown, but I'll have to check that out. Uh, Seth, you, you, use, uh, you get the new update? You know, I, I have not. Uh, I mean, I, my phone automatically updates, so it did get it. I just checked it out, and it said, you know, it's been updated. But I haven't had time yet to uh, to look through it, you know, all that much. And I don't use Latitude. I'm not a big check-in guy. I'm still one of those old, um, you know, guys who doesn't like uh, letting my information get out at, everywhere. <laughs> at the very end of the world, it's going to be Seth and his privacy just holding on <laughs> for dear life while the rest of us are just posting nudie pics on uh, uh, Facebook. Hey, yeah. I, yeah. I Eric Schmidt but I, shouting, you know, his privacy's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, feel I a lot in some ways. For the most part, I agree with the whole. I mean, there's two sides of it. It, it whatever you put online, you should just assume is, is going to be read by someone somewhere at some point in time. But the other side of it is the majority of people. Like, do you really care what's in their email? It, it, it doesn't seem like you're going to get that much information. You're going to get more of like, oh, so he's cheating on her, and ooh, guess he better go get some cream for that. It's not going to be stuff like, hey, we're going to go bomb this place right here, right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you nailed it pretty well there, man. Oh, sorry, I thought that was you. Joey. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that, I mean, it's not necessarily about the content and what we see now. It's about what we would see in the future. I mean, some of the most interesting things that we have learned in history about prior cultures and even our own culture years before have been done via research, journal entries, diaries. I mean, as far as our everyday stuff, our email is probably the biggest archaeological dig that will ever happen on the face of the earth. So, it's not about necessarily what we have today, what today's needs are, but what about what's going to happen next – not even next year, but in 20 years, in 30 years. What, what is someone going to say, geez, I wonder what they were doing 10 years ago on this date, 30 years ago on this date. What about in 100 years? That's why such efforts like archive.org, which is trying to archive the entire internet, yeah. are so valuable because we need to have that resource. If this is where we are doing our writing on our creative releases and this is where people are, are hanging out like they used to do in speakeasies and bars – this is where we need to capture all of our information today. So do you think, though, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think the infrastructure will stay close enough to the same that this will still matter and still make sense, though, that far down the line? It, it almost seems that it's changing so rapidly. What we're using now is going to be so far removed from what they're using in, in the future there. Well, I think it's less about what technology is being used and what is current so much as... If you look at it in a historical sense, what I have absolutely no personal tie-in with what happened in a tomb in Egypt that a king is buried in. Right, but you're interested to read about it, and if that king would have had a Twitter account, we'd all be going through it, being like, "Oh snap! Did you? Oh look at this! This is they did do that! Oh my god! That's they they were aliens! Oh my god! You know, like it would be cool to have that kind of instead of you know trying to translate hieroglyphics and tree cave art. It it, it would be way I don't know. It, it depends though. We may not even be able to have, have read that if that's what the case was. Well, that's but, the other thing. We we have all these different technologies, and w this is a raging debate that we have amongst uh, my photography uh, groupies and, and friends. Um, 
the thing is, is that there's an, a raging debate about people that have been shooting uh, slide film usually for decades. And they say, my slides look just as good th- the day I shot them as they do today, 30 years later. Well, but I can't say that about my digital images because my digital, because I had a hard drive crash. And you weren't you know, backing up, so, were you? Well, that's your first thing is that you, if you're going to use a digital medium, you need to be able to be digital savvy so you can back stuff up, have multiple copies. Okay, but yada, check yada, this yada. out. Check this out. Um, if, if you have a fire in your house, are you going to grab the hard drive or are you going to grab that big giant tub full of 50 uh, old photo albums? It, it seems it would be more uh, – it would be a lot better to have it digitized and the physical. That way, if something were to happen, you know, you grab the digital copy and you can remake from that. But what we're talking about is way down the line, not us, you know, getting our music and our porn back. Like, this is future, 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 you know, people digging up a, an old server box and being like, Twitter. Tw- t- what, what is that? It, it, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be necessary. Because if you think back, all of these ancient cultures, there, there were a couple really important distinctions between them and what we have now. On the, on the one hand, there were significant gaps in what you would call the primary cultures in a geographic area. Uh, you know, the, the Incas were, they were on top for a while and they weren't for a long time after that. But now we are distributed throughout the entire world and we have some ridiculous percentage of the globe covered with what we would call modern society. Barring significant war or some cataclysm, right, right. that's not going to change. So we're going to be able to hand, hand that down. You know, it's not going to be a question of, oh, well, do we have to dig up this hard drive and figure out, you know, the Twitter cache on it? And then right. secondly, we're also ridiculously concerned with passing on what we have in a way that previous societies weren't. We have such an ego that we want our children and our children's children. You know what to- it is, though? We make such phenomenally massive uh, f ups, mess ups, if you will, that we need our future generations to learn from our mistakes. The mistakes of those way back when they weren't that. I mean, they were in the time, but like it didn't matter generation, generation, generation. Like we need to pass on some of that stuff. Like don't blow yourselves up with nukes because it'll ruin your whole planet. That that kind of thing. We're getting a lot better at being able to cause you know really massive outages and worldwide kind of uh, problems. Well, in yeah. the immortal words of Peter Pan and Battlestar Galactica, all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Jeremy? I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that... The, that don't lose your phone. Archiving all this stuff is, is great, but it's... I don't... The, the, the simple fact that we are concerned with archiving it means that we don't need to archive it. It's the signal-to-noise ratio. We need to really get more signal and way less noise and condense the core concepts, the the physics equations, you know, a, a lot of that stuff and maybe. But I, I think so many people are doing that, and a lot of it's getting passed on. We're seeing less and less of this. You know, there he was the last surviving guy that knew how to make a, a motherboard or something, you know. You know, and, and Twitter's not that great anyway. If you want to pass on relevant information, go take a look at the trending topics at any point. I don't know that I want my great-great-grandchildren to 
Thing. Right, you make Dang. dat booty bounce like, like I see some of the most ridiculous hashtags on there, stuff I like that. Want, you know, I don't want to be judged based on the Jersey Shore. Exactly, exactly. So tying that all back in with Android, I, I think a, a lot of the the majority of people that have these phones, they don't go to these websites or anything like that. They they know these places from their phone, and that's it. You know, and I think the more these phones get spread out and they they get. Uh, forked and all that it, it maintains the standards so that we can use this on anything and and we're seeing that and it's it's breeding a lot of competition uh the next big player in this competition someone pointed out is uh the amazon tablet what, what do you think of that uh seth i think it's um if you want to talk about forking for a second before we get on to like maybe the economics or the market share of amazon oh forking uh, right yeah yeah the, let's yeah, talk the about forking that. of android it scares me a little bit. Again, um, there's so much. I'm not. It scares me in the sense of bad for consumers. Um, you know, this is built on all the rumors say this is going to be built on Froyo as a base with the um, with you know a very custom custom skin and more than a skin, totally custom based system. I think a whole new fork of Android. right. Like if you were mad at Moto Blur, wait till you get a load of this. You know, this is going to be a whole new experience. Well, I mean, and I think I th- my impression is that there. Is that it might not even be like they may not be updating along the same path as Android, right? They may never have, they may not go to Ice Cream Sandwich ever. They may make a totally new fork. Well, but check this even, out. That never reconverges. If it just stays Amazon. And if they do that, does that affect you and me? Is my CM7 still going to work fine? Well, is... I mean, and that's the problem is like, what about apps? What about apps that are built for Ice Cream Sandwich with, you know, they have the tiles that work both on. Tiles isn't fragments that work both on tablets and on phones. Why don't? And so I'm worried that um, you know the if if Amazon does continue down a path that's different than Ice Cream Sandwich or that's different than you know re- eventually updating along Google's same path, that people might have started building apps totally different, two sets of apps, two sets of stores. I mean, Amazon already has their own store, but right? If, but it works if with the phones and things right now. Don't we have the technology to put in some code that's like check? To see what you're using. Oh, this is a Amazon tablet. Here's my Amazon tablet. And then the next one's like, check. And it's like, oh, this is a Droid X. Here's this. Like, can't, can't they do that and kind of, I mean, it's all Java. Well, you can't I mean, get it kind down of, to- I think. I mean, I'm not a developer. Um, I've, I've messed around a little bit, but I'm not a developer by any sense of the word. Quick, but, is there I a mean, developer? If you read the codes and stuff already, they're saying that you know people have to code things differently for tablets and phones and ice cream sandwich and and I mean, I think coding is not as easy as we think it is, and it does no. matter for form factor and screen size and things. And so I'm worried that if Amazon does fork, it's going to create problems for apps and developers. And I just, I mean, maybe it'll be good in the end. I don't know. Had more people, and I mean, and right now, you know, Android is not doing very well on tablets, anyways. So well, look at what we've, I, the, you know, hardware we've had to begin with. And another point on that is Amazon's using their own app store because they're not going to get the Gmail, they're not going to get all of the the Google branded apps, right? They're going to have to come up with their own, and they've built the infrastructure for this. They've started with the app store, music. They're going to do streaming. You know, they they're starting, but can you give up like those core apps in in favor of you know? I haven't heard Prime about. Uh, it was, that's an interesting question that I don't know the answer to. Is will the Android market work on these things, and will the Android, um, you know, the regular Google apps work? I don't know. Do anyone else know the answer to that? Have they said anything? Yeah, I think. Well, nobody said anything from Amazon, of course. At least not until tomorrow. But I think MG Siegler, who had the uh, 
the the prototype or the you know early early production yeah, model that's right. said that it was only running Android Market. It's a total fork. It doesn't have, as Matt was saying, it doesn't have any of the the, the googly bits and pieces that are in official Google sanctioned devices. But the interesting thing is because Google itself is moving away from apps where they're making uh, Gmail, for example, on the web, uh, the equivalent of Gmail on, on, the, you know, on the app side, or even uh, Google, uh, Google+, Plus, which you know, is now, I think, missing only a few things on the website that it, does ha- that it has on the app side. It may not miss it as much. And um, an earlier point about developing for Android, I'm, not, I'm a developer, but not an Android developer. I've been following it. And if you look at some of the updates for you know for current production apps you'll you'll notice in update notes a lot of them say you know we had to fix this so it would run on a quad core or we had to fix this so it would run on a dual core so it's a lot more than just uh, compiling for screen dimensions and right. you know, kind of the surface things that most of us would think about uh, it, it gets a lot deeper and it sounds like it's getting really hairy and it's it's more than forking it's it's outright fragmentation it's it's like unix was Back in the 1990s, it's kind of like what? Oh, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. I, I, oh, I was just going to make the. Like I was just going to make the correlation that it's kind of like how you know Windows and all that got started way back in the day. It's like I'm going to borrow this and then I'm going to turn it into this, and they they've turned it. They they've added so much to it or taken away, depending on you know your point of view, that it is it's going to be a totally different beast. You may not even recognize it as you know an Android device. It's going to be an Amazon device. But that's, you know, Google put it out there for them to do that. So, I mean, they're taking advantage of it. What's stopping anyone else from doing the same thing? You know, it's interesting. I'm thinking on a competitive level, you know, if, if I mean, you know, the main the main competitor is, is uh, the iPad, right? And the way that they do it is, um, you know, they're releasing a new product every, whatever, about once a year, I think. Um, and they have new software updates every year. And I'm trying to think if Apple, I mean, if if Amazon is going to be able to, keep up with the development side of software. Do you know what I mean? Well, are they, at the same time, they're like, just, they're going to rely on, you know, the newest updates and then they're going to take that update. They're going to test it with their, whatever they're doing to it. And then they're going to push it. And you know what? They're going to have the same problem that we have on carriers that were using the, the sense UI that were using uh, moto blur when they got the updates months before, months and months before when we should have gotten them, but because they made so many changes and they were, you know, so technical with their changes, they had to really test that stuff because you push out one update and it something goes wrong, like you just dropped the half of our communications, you know, in essence, if it bricks everyone's phone, all, all like that. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it with custom ROMs when something happens with the cell tower and they're pushing a, a, an odd signal and it makes your phone reboot. There was one tower by my house that I would go by every day and my phone would freeze up and then reboot. And I tested it and it was, it was whatever... They they made some changes or some upgrades to the towers, and it it was doing that to certain uh, phone ROMs. I I, I want to make a pretty bold statement that I haven't heard any tech pundits make. Oh come on um, out! And buddy. that is that this tablet is not for us on the podcast. No, this is not for geeks. It's not going to be for anyone that gives a flying crap about Android or the version of Android. And that's where I think the beauty is going to lie. 
It's going to be way over branded. I think it's going to they're right. going to brand it so much with that Amazon smile, and it's going to make you feel good, and it'll keep you warm in the winter time. But yeah, like people like us, this is for our moms. This is for our dads. You know, I, I that's what I see it as something that they're going to try to make it like Apple, the like the iPad. They're just going to make it work, and everything's going to be seamless with their uh, their App Store and all of the services that they're going to start coming out with. And I'll be interested to see what this drives as far as in the market, like what they're going to do to fully utilize this space because they have full control now with it, you know. I don't think that's quite the direction that they're going to take it. I think what we're going to see is a very Kindle-like experience, and and, and here's what I mean by that. Really? When the Kindle came out, it was a little bit overpriced, but people were like, hey, this is a cool thing, and they bought it. And then once they had it in their hand, all that mattered – was what they could do with it. What books could they get? And that relationship that they had with the books. And I think that's what Amazon's going to do with the tablet, is once Joe Blow gets that tablet in their hand, they don't care what it looks like, they don't care what it does, so long as they can get to the primary Amazon services, music, shopping, etc., and we're going to see over time a steady decrease in price as Amazon sees that they can cut profits, even to turn this into a loss leader and get people with a tablet in their hands that is for one thing and one thing only. And that, that's to give Amazon money. Once we get to that point, you're going to see Amazon, I, I'm guessing, you're going to see people with an Amazon Prime membership getting a new tablet every year, two years, probably two years, because yeah. that's what people are comfortable with on the mobile front and they'll keep upgrading it and upgrading it and i can see them they've tested this with the kindle by trying to do an ad supported model and if anyone can do it i'm going to say amazon could get it down enough to where they're covering the device costs and they're coming out on top because so many people like if they handed you one for free would you check it out and, you know, the amazing thing is that nobody has complained about the advertisements on the Kindle because it was done so reasonably yeah, from they, the point of view of the end user. Exactly. And plus, what's to say that they they give them out for free, covered by ad costs, and we put ad blockers on them? I mean, can, is this going to be uncrackable? I mean, we've gotten around lock bootloaders. We as in, you know, the community, not me personally, obviously. It, it will, but, you know, the... The the ads that have come through on the Kindle, those are the first ads I've ever heard people say, you know, I don't mind having those there. <laughs> I kind of want to me. They're not obtrusive. And I don't feel like they're trying to kick me in the face and make me buy something. And if Amazon has actually cracked that, that's then the value huge. of those ads are going to be significant. That's huge. And that's going to open up a whole nother revenue stream that is just massively you know keeping this going forward enabling them to do more experiments like hey let's see what happens if we make like 300,000 of these and just give them away for free and they can even utilize all the social stuff and get more traffic out of it that way by saying hey we're having another contest guess what more free Amazon tabs so let me throw my conspiracy theory at you guys and see what you think of it imagine Amazon takes takes these tablets and they say, you know what? If you make a six-month commitment to Amazon Prime at $10 a month, you get this tablet and you get 25 free gigs of storage on our EC2 cloud service. And then you can synchronize all of that data, all the movies, music, and whatever to any of your devices. 
That's huge. I, I, I am predicting that Amazon will come out with other now, uh, Android devices. I can almost see on the other side of this, Google starting to ramp up to do something like that as well. We're having the Google Music. They just tied in Mail and Docs and everything in Google+. I can see them being like, you know what, let's either with let's either get someone to make this tablet and we're going to run all the software behind it and we're going to change we're going to fork android and we're going to make it our own that will be specifically to compete with the amazon one but they're going to you know is that where we run into anti-trust or non-competes or what well you've got an interesting point there matt um but let me throw two things at you guys um first of all there's one thing that makes the Kindle, particularly the 3G one, compelling. You don't have to use your existing internet connection right. to Whisp- obtain yeah. the content, the WhisperSync. Right. They apply if I that? were to <laughs> give my mother a Kindle, there is no way I would give her anything but either the ad-supported Wi-Fi one or the 3G one, and probably the 3G one, simply because she doesn't know how to work with a computer well enough that she'd be able to hook up the, 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 the Kindle, even to register it. I would have to do that for her. Therefore, the, the ability to suck down that content without having to hook to anything, without having to connect to Wi-Fi, without having to do all these things, is Perfect. And that gets back to the Apple model of it just works. We're going to set up everything on this end and this end, and it's all just going to work. And you're going to give it to your grandma, and you're going to give it to your two-year-old, and they're both going to love it. They're not going to know why, but they're going to love it. And unfortunately, the one thing I, I, first of all, fully admit two things. One, you could call me a Google fanboy. You could also call me an Amazon uh, fanboy. So that's kind of like, cheering both for the bull and the matador in this particular fight. Uh, it's a good bet. <laughs> but um, the thing is, Google's put the platform out there. If you don't want someone to use it, you don't put it out there. True. So it's kind of, you got to drink the Kool-Aid, guys. You can't put it out there, have it be a free, free platform, and not expect someone to use it. The, I think, personally, that even if it's forked, having more people using an operating system and more people using devices is a better thing. That's good for everyone. That's just better for everybody. For sure. Um, the other thing is that I think that this Amazon tablet is aimed exactly at what Jeremy said. The, the crowd that doesn't care what it runs under the hood, doesn't care about the onboard storage – I honestly think that the big compelling feature of this tablet, assuming they do it right, is going to be 3G and WhisperSync uh, over the cell phone network provided for free with the device. Because if they have that, nobody else has that. Google doesn't have that. None of the phones have that. None of the other tablets have that. The only way you get free data on a tablet right now is if you're connecting it to a Wi-Fi connection that you're already paying for. If they can swing a big enough deal where they will say, okay, you can stream anything from the Amazon bookstore or Amazon Kindle bookstore, the Amazon Music, or your Amazon Prime video membership on this device, and you can hook it to Wi-Fi and surf the web and go wherever you want, you're going to see people pick this up. 
Heck, that's really unlikely, this though, don't you think? I, I don't know. Re- because, I, I mean, the whis- you know, whisper sync for text works because the books are very small uh, compared to you know, audio or video or even photos. So you're saying so, bandwidth. Bandwidth wise, what what is? Does anyone know what the max uh, throughput is on on the Whisper Sync? Um, it's running over three G. Oh, okay. So it'd be yeah. like just like us using our phones uh, here before the iPhone came out when three G right. worked. So right. So you know, really, what you want to you know, if you look at the current use case, right? So the current use case is a even a heavy reader probably doesn't order more than say one book a week, right? So four books a month, you figure that's maybe a couple hundred k per book. Not going to exceed a meg unless it has audio, and there are some books with you know audio and, and video involved. But we're talking probably under ten megabytes a month max if you download one book one book a week, uh, and some have audio and video multimedia components. Now, if you talk about you know streaming video, uh, even if you're not even if you're talking about standard definition, you're probably talking about a couple hundred megabytes to gigabyte every time you watch a movie. So yeah, but it, you also it, have to remember, Todd. Pardon me for jumping in on you. No, no. You have to remember that this isn't even standard def. This is a seven-inch screen. Now, if they can detect through their technology, the Amazon Video Q, that oh hey, he's on a say I've got one of these things, and I have a Prime subscription. Full disclosure, um, and I get onto my Prime account through this tablet, and it says, hey, you've got a seven-inch screen. You don't need to have even standard def. Ah. We're going to cut you down to, say, 15 frames. Well, maybe not 15, but... No, I can't uh, go to under 24. <laughs> but they're going to make it efficient for whatever device you're using. And now what's to say that they can't come out with this and then once that takes off, then come out with a, a pure one, so to speak? Would, would Google... Can, they could do that, right? They could do both to get both sides of the, of the demographic, right? Uh, and they, they could, also... but it wouldn't make sense from a support point of view. Then they, you know, from both internal and external, ah, they'd have yeah. two completely different interfaces to support, two completely different user experiences. It, it would be, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure what a good comparison. It would be as if one company were supporting both Mac OS X and Windows 7. Like uh, like what Metro and and the other uh, the regular Windows eight interface, but couldn't That's they have too. couldn't they have two internal teams that were you know one was working here and one was working on that? Sure, and separate them kind of or yeah I don't know would that make sense though from a from a business standpoint? It depends I, how big that audience is, right? I don't right. know if it would make a, a lot of sense to have two totally different platforms, um, but the, the I think the model that they're using right now, the 3G and Wi-Fi being separate models, you can get the Wi-Fi only and get the 3G and Wi-Fi. I think that works very well because you have the same interface and you just have either connectivity more or less everywhere or only when you're near a Wi-Fi hotspot. And I think people get that. The other thing they could do, and I'm just throwing this out there, what – People want on the go more often than streaming video, I dare say, in in a mass group. Not everybody is streaming music. So maybe they say, okay, ah. you can access the books and the streaming music service. They, ta- they tailor what you're able to get from them depending on, you know, what kind of subscription account you have, so to speak. Because you don't, you know, you're not going to want a big giant HD video on on a small you know six or seven inch device, it's wasted bits pretty much. Jeremy, right? Well, I I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with with the connectivity option. I I haven't heard anything about this coming out with anything other than Wi Fi. 
true. And true. the fact that at this point they would have to have a partner, somebody's going to leak it. I mean, we heard about the next iPhone, what, the first rumors were four to six months ago. People can't keep their traps shut. Could they partner with Light Squared? They could. I mean, I just, I don't provide see... The, provide the I don't, pipe? I don't see anybody not divulging something that would let us know this was coming. So what I, here, here's, here's my thought. I think Amazon's going to cram it down everybody's throat. I think they're going to push <laughs> it so hard. And then they're going to make it appealing for the mobile providers because those people, those guys are desperate to have something that is not an iPad because the iPads are great, but we all know that they want to sell data because data is a lot more economical and a lot bigger profit center for them than minutes are. Do you think the carriers have gotten a bad taste in their mouth trying to support all of these Android devices? And so Amazon comes along and has an option that they're going to deal with all that. That could be pretty appealing to uh, certain carriers. Uh, well, actually, if it's just... Wi-Fi only, they wouldn't support it at all. So that would well, right, it... right. <laughs> but Good what point. I'm saying is, eventually, I think once people say, "Wow, you know, this Amazon tablet is great. I want one. I just wish I could have one that I could pay twenty bucks a month for and get some usage that's not Wi-Fi, and I don't want to spend even subsidize five hundred dollars on it." Right. And you know, imagine gonna... that imagine that this partnership takes place. Imagine you drop twenty five bucks a month and your Amazon tablet is free. Right. With a two year commitment. Is that enough to make you want to deal with the ads? I mean, like we said before, they're, they're sure. so far, but what's to say they're not gonna change that? What's to say it's it's they're not gonna like start cramming flash ads down everyone you know, not saying that that's what oh, they'll do, but we don't know, and there's obviously gonna be some stubble. Exactly. Right. But the 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 holy grail in the tablet world is something with widespread data connectivity right. that is inexpensive enough, both upfront and monthly, and that unlimited. everybody has one. And unlimited. <laughs> Real. I don't think people even need unlimited. No. Most, mo- most people don't need unlimited. Most people don't even know how to check. They're never going to bump into it. That's true, because like, even me, like I, I use a, a Droid X with, with CM7 Justice on it, and... It updates podcasts at 6.30 in the morning before my alarm goes off. And it I tell it, connect to the Wi-Fi, download it, then disconnect. And, like, you can do stuff like that, and it'll save. But imagine if I didn't tell it to do that, and it was getting all of these at, at 3G. And granted, I don't know a lot of normal people, for for lack of a better phrase, that, that use their phone to, you know, download podcasts and listen to podcasts all day. But there, there's that group that, that does that. Sure. Yeah, Todd? I have a f- oh, sorry, not to jump in, but I have a friend who has a uh, who, who I consider to be probably even a bigger geek than I am in terms of the amount of data that he uses mobile. He and his girlfriend have a four gig, I think it's combined cap, and the two of them together, even controlling his computer at home through his phone, do not use their full four gigs. So perhaps we have been, and I say we as those of us in the tech community, have been a bit overzealous as to what a 4-gig cap actually means. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a good point, especially, I mean, if you go, go in and look at, at your, you know, your Verizon account or your, your AT&T Sprint account, whatever you have, and it, it isn't as high as you would think. I mean, what would you have to do? Like, I don't have a Netflix account. I don't watch movies on, on my phone unless it's something I put there myself. Like if you had a Netflix going there, how long, how how quick would you burn through that in that use case? 
Well, so Matt, I was just overseas for a month, and I bought a two gigabyte plan for my phone. That's the only internet I used basically the whole two the whole month I was over there was my two gigs, and I ran through about three gigs. I bought two. I bought actually two of them for a month, and I hardly did any video surfing. A little bit of video. I mean, it, it goes if that's if you're using it as your main uh, internet connection, then it goes fast. But right. people who have home internet with Wi-Fi and things like that, you can you can use the um, you know movies that watch the movies there and things like that. Two gigs is is still quite a bit right. for and, a person on their cell phone. And it depends if you're tethering or not. Now, you no. did you get did you get hit overage charges? Like, did they bill you for those? Oh, it was, it was prepaid when I was over there. I okay. just got a sim and prepaid. I, I, was so just, I bought two. I just I, bought two of them. I was so. curious if those two gigs were any like better than the the ones you got before. Maybe no, no, it was prepaid, so it's all just oh, okay. You know I mean? It's all just the same. All the gigs, but are the I mean, same. but if if someone is watching video on their phone, it it eats it up fast. You know, what I mean, like you can. You can easily burn through two gigs if you're doing any video on your phone. So does that mean maybe we need different different pricing plans for tablets as opposed to phones? Because I would be way more apt to use video on a tablet than I would be on my phone. So maybe well, we're... You, Go ahead. You know, it's surprising, though. I mean, the odds of you sitting down for an hour and a half watching video over 3G or 4G is pretty low according to the behavior that has been... Uh, reported in surveys by people like Pew Internet right. um, and, and Nielsen Wires. So people really aren't watching videos, or at least in you know, long-form videos, like when they're standing in bank lines, which you're only in for 10 or 15 minutes anyway. Right, and the normal use uh, case is probably YouTube videos, two, three minutes a pop right. most. Right, so you know, the, uh, the, what we're seeing is that, well, actually the other thing we're seeing is that people, they claim at least, although I watch video a lot on phones and tablets, um, People aren't doing it as much as uh, they originally expected. Most video is still being watched in a lean back kind of environment versus a lean forward. Right. So that that almost splits it again with, you know, you have your phones, you have your tablets, now you'll have your set-top boxes, which right. we may be seeing. And by the way, there, there are um, tablet or at least iPad-specific plans. For example, Verizon has, I think, a one-gig plan for about $25 for their um, iPad and AT&T has a similar plan. I think it might be a little bit cheaper, like $20 a month for a gig or two uh, for, for their iPad. So there are iPad-specific plans, as, um, and as was already mentioned, if you're not watching video and you're not streaming a lot of audio, uh, that's plenty. I mean, I have a 4-gigabyte plan because I have tethering on my iPhone 4 through AT&T, and I still haven't hit a gig on a month. And uh, you know that's using my iPad or a or a notebook, uh, you know, tethered through the iPhone 4. So I, I, that still works for me. Nice. All right. Well, any uh, any final thoughts before yeah, we? Yeah. I mean, I want. I just want to do one last thing here. Oh, I want. Please. I mean, as I'm thinking about the market as a whole, and you know, particularly Android's having such a problem getting into the tablet market, right? I mean, if you look at the stats and things, they're not. I mean, they're maybe a little bit better than one would think. They're, I think they're at like 15 percent or something like that. I heard last. Maybe it's twenty, you know, something like that, which seems high to me. I don't think it's that high, but that was the last numbers I heard. I think um, I'm trying to figure out what it is about you know this Amazon tablet that's going to bring consumers away from the iPad and into the Amazon tablet. And I'm trying to, th- I mean, you know, Amazon is going to be great at media, right? They're going to be great at shopping. Um, they're going to, but I'm, they're going to clean but, up if they can figure out how to take toilet paper and like send that to <laughs> like if once that happens, it's over. 
I don't. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have Amazon automatically ship you that kind of stuff. I know that's yeah, but I'm saying I don't want it. I don't want it shipped. I want it transported. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's you know, a FedEx still, problem. They're going to have something, but they're going to have the weakness of the App Store. I mean, if they're does I mean, anyone again, use that? I don't that? know if it's been clear if they're going to have the Android market yet or not. No, but if, they, I think... if they just have the Amazon App Store. That's not a great app store yet. Have, they cannot compete with the iPads, you know, app store. Well, so, right. I mean, if I were to recommend someone, even if even if Amazon has all this great stuff, I still would probably have to recommend the iPad 2 to people unless Amazon has something that's just groundbreaking that I'm not expecting. Is there no other tablet that's running Android right now that you're stoked on? Like, you would you go with an iPad? Because my brother has an iPad 2, and it's I, I want one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, Samsung's Galaxy tabs are look, I mean, they look pretty sweet, yeah. but I don't think that, you know, Honeycomb is really the place to be right now. Right, um, right. Maybe when Ice Cream Sandwich comes out, it'll be better, and once you give it a couple, you know, maybe six months or so, you know, apps may be great for it, and it may just sort of create a surge in the market, but, um, I mean, you know, but it's certainly better than the Amazon App Store. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, the, Am- the Android App Store is better than the Amazon App Store, so I'm just well, really right. worried it's, it's what it is about this tablet that's going to draw anybody um, because you know, you know, Honeycomb has great. I mean, well, they've got decent apps. They're, okay, that's not. They're not great. Honeycomb is growing, I guess, a little slowly. But Amazon, I don't know what they have for apps, but they do have good media, I guess. I think we covered it though. Maybe it's not even going to be app focused, other than what you can get on their app store. Maybe it, it's strictly a consumption device to consume books, audio, and video, possibly. Then I worry is- that people aren't going to buy it. I think people want apps. And if Amazon is trying to change the market, I don't think that we're there yet. But people want apps only because we've been trained in this app environment. If they come and change the whole environment, then who knows what we'll want. Todd? Right. And I, I, I was going to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure that apps are going to be all that important. I mean, you know, the, the Color Nook, which is, which is essentially an a Android tablet now, uh, has been doing very, very well for Barnes & Noble. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but I've heard they're, you know, maybe not spectacular, but very healthy. Hey, Todd. And, yeah. Uh, our our Barnes & Noble uh, went out of business. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's been doing very well for them. And uh, the people I know with the Color Nook are very happy with it. So... You know, it's something. It's something different from being an Android. It's a different population. It's a different market segment. Right. And I think the media might be enough. And as I mentioned, you know, a lot of the Google's own transition from an app-focused or app-centric tablet experience to a web-centric one, HTML5, you know, uh, JavaScript, uh, CSS kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, they they themselves are doing it. So if Amazon can jump on that bandwagon and say, "Hey, you don't need apps. All you need are well-written HTML5, you know, web services." Well, isn't that kind of Microsoft's whole thing? They're like, I mean, we have apps. I mean, don't go in there because no one's there yet. Shh. But they provide most everything you would need. Really, it's it's that extra functionality that you're not getting. But if you don't know that there's, there could be or there was at any point in time that functionality to begin with, then you don't know any better. And when, once exactly. it, this is going to be the people that get it in their hands for the first time and have never used anything else. And this is what they're going to grow up in, and this is what they're going to be used to. And to them, what we do is weird. They're like, you have two app stores? You have AppBrain and Android? Oh, and, and Amazon? And yeah, that's, that's weird. I'm not used Ex- to that. Except right. I think people still – I think – I mean, when I look at the people I know who have tablets and use them, 
I mean, you know, they have a pod, they've got a podcast app. They've got an app to play. You know, they've got all these different games apps. They've got, you know, like They're TripAdvisor us. app. But they just they just like pressing the button. They don't like opening their browser, typing a typing in a, you know a web link or hitting the bookmark button or something like that. They just like you know, and there's so many things that happen in apps like um, that don't happen on HTML5. And I think that not having that at least the options to do those things. I I, I don't get me wrong. I love HTML5. I think that there's going to be a great future. Obviously, that's where the web is going. Um, but I don't know if that Until HTML5 six. and apps have to be opposed to one another. Right. And that's, I mean, some people get really mad that like, oh, this app is just a window to the, the web part of it. But uh, on the other hand, if the app is done poorly, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, um, then you want to use the web version of it. And I think it's good to have no, that I choice. I don't know if you should necessarily uh, split up your resources. If you're like a small starting up company, you can't necessarily hire three people for Android and four people for iPhone and then a, a web development team. So I think in that case, yeah, HTML5 is the way to go because it's cross-platform compatible uh, unless you're using IE6. And now, Jeremy, uh, he said he, you have one of these uh, in front of you. Not the Amazon tablet, but you have the yeah. yeah. No, I've got, I've got a Nook Color, you know, and and it's my usage of it is completely different from what I thought it was going to be. I use it so differently than I use my phone. Is that I because what it like does? Go, what is that because of what it does? No, it's just it 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 fits a different role in my life, and ah. I'm, I'm pretty sure my usage of it is more what the average user is going to look at it as right. my phone, you know, I'm, I'm a wicked geek about it, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm updating apps and I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff on it, but my, my tablet is more Did recreational for me. I keep it on the coffee table while I'm watching TV. Oh, who is that guy? You know, it, uh, let me pull up IMDB, you know, and I use it for stuff like that. And would, it be, would it be fair, Jeremy, to call it more of an appliance and less of an experience? Maybe. I don't know if I'm, I'm really making the distinction in between those two terms that, that you are. Well, in other but, words, would, would you say that you uh, – would you say if you had a – if you had just, say, a generic tablet, it had no branding, it had no nothing on it, it was just vanilla – would you be compelled to modify it and tweak it, or would you simply just take it for what it is and load web and load apps as required and just use it as a content consumption device without really feeling the, the need to trick it out so that you can make it do everything that that you wanted it to do, and then when you were done with it, just dump it and get another one? Well, I, I would do that because that's in my nature, but uh, you know, my day job, I work with uh, – a lot of technologically uh, people that appreciate technology but don't live and breathe it like we do. Right, and regular people. They would be happy with something like that. <laughs> Wait, Todd has a, a term for them. What are they called, Todd? They're called regular people or civilians. Muggles. Civilians. <laughs> okay, so the civilians they just want to get on the web. That's all they want. Silly civilians! Don't they know <laughs> there's so much more out there? You can go somewhere and then your phone will tell you where you are. It's mind-blowing. But, you know, these are the same people. If you go across, if you go into any large business or small business, you would probably find a vast majority of people have one big window up. They never switch between tasks. They close the window and start up a new one. They don't use multitasking. 
Uh, you know, it's funny. Most people are very happy with like 1% of what most of us consider essential. Most of us who are, who are sort of in the tech geek army uh, consider essential. They, they could care less about. So let's, uh, let's move on from that tablet to something kind of on the other side of it. Uh, it just came out that the ZTE T98 tablet, that's going to be the first one we're going to see with that Tegra 3 in it. Which uh, what what what's that one called? Khalil 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 That's Superman. Superman. Am I right? <laughs> okay. So this is the Superman uh, tablet. It will be faster than a speeding bullet. And when this comes out, I will put that to the test. You guys get me one, and we'll see if it's faster than a speeding bullet. It'll be great. Yeah. That it, apparently the thing has a fifth uh, kind of uh, companion. Uh, processor on it's that thing. Battery that is wild. <laughs> it's battery pack. It has really cool. A way to save battery life when you're not, you know, when you're just when you're not using much. Maybe just you browsing light browsing the web or checking Twitter or something. Well, do you need a Tegra three for light browsing the web and checking Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> like for real? <laughs> I can do that on my XV sixty nine hundred once it boots up tomorrow. I'll get to that. But that and that's what I'm thinking. Like you're going to need almost like a battery uh, backpack to to run this thing for any amount of time. I mean. I, I haven't, unless I missed it in the news, but have we conquered that whole why do all our batteries suck thing? Yeah, it's not just batteries. I don't know how they're going to dissipate heat on this thing. That's another thing. With the, the smaller these tablets get, the faster they get, the hotter they run, the more juice they suck up. Uh, of course, where does the heat you know, go? You, I'm sorry. You no, know, I was just saying, well, yeah, where does the heat go? I was going to say, if you, have, if you and your friend, you know, have, or a significant other, have, uh, have, both have tablets, make you make, make grilled cheese sandwich with them. You know, just put the bread and cheese in between, and there you go. That's awesome. I've also Wait, heard so that. That's be- the green movement right there. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're recycling energy. Eco-friendly. I've also it's- heard that in these big convention centers, when they, when they have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, they have to check out what everyone's probably going to bring. Because all of those devices make heat, and that adds up, and they have to compensate for that when they mess with the thermostats and everything. Like these things are putting out some uh, some temperature for sure. Sure, but keep in mind that you know we're, we've seen a steady decrease in, if you want to think of it as thermal units per sure clock cycle over time. You know, I mean, we all remember like our first P four, and oh yeah, those things were. You know, them smoking. They set you on fire. For sure. And now we've got things with less air movement that are processing close to as fast as, let's say, you know, like a high end P3. That's true. In and- less space, you know, so it's a lot more efficient. And we're just going to see, see a steady march down that line. Right. Until it's not an issue. You know, 400 core CPUs running at, uh, you know, 500 megahertz each, and they don't even break sweat. And that's interesting too. That like on my on my device, you can uh, overclock and underclock and stuff like that. And there's different governors on it. So, say I have it set when I turn my screen off to drop back down to 400 megahertz. As soon as I turn the screen on, jump back up to a, a 1.1 gigahertz. You can do that stuff with these. And say it's not like your P4 that was constantly running at whatever you had it set to. These are variable speeds, and it I think that's going to make a huge difference. I was watching the, I was just rewatching. I remember watching the first time the uh, Cal L demo. And I don't care how much heat it produces, That's it's pretty cr- sweet. <laughs> that is pretty sweet. 
So we're I'm, looking at a 7-inch 1280 by 800 resolution WXGA screen. Now, why are they going with that? Why why not go OLED? Isn't OLED kind of where everything wants to be right now, or is that... Dollars, I'm sure. True. Yeah, I'm sure this thing was put together with price point being probably the primary concern. They need to break that $300 mark. And if they break 250 they won't be able to keep them in stock. Tegra 3 for 250 for a 7-inch? That I'd be on that for sure. Well, it's oh, one of those sorry. Things I was tying back people... into Amazon. Oh. <laughs> well, people have been talking for years uh, about... I'll edit you know, that to make sense. <laughs> uh, people, people have been talking for years about how I wish my car would get better gas mileage and I wish it would, uh, I wish I could go further on a tank and whatnot. But then the next breath they'll say, "Well, geez, I really wish it would go faster when I punch it at a stoplight." Right, right. So, Rocket I, I mean, equations. You, you, you can't have both. You know, you can de- you can design a, a device to be efficient and have battery life, or you can design it to have power and suck down the battery now why can't we why can't we why can't we just stick a little nuclear bomb in there and just let it putt along its merry way until 2032 well first of all the other thing you got to look at is the length of the device is anyone actually going to keep yes a, a device for 20 years no and the answer to that is no no um so you you do have to look at that i mean the thing with any kind of mobile device Okay, uh, show of virtual hands. How many people have uh, taken either a cell phone or a smartphone and utterly and totally decimatedly destroyed it by dropping, rolling on it, accidentally dropping it into a storm drain, a a, a toilet, a shower, a sink, anything? Funny enough, I've never done that. Every single one of my friends and or family have done that. But I I don't know, man. I treat it like it's a computer, though. They treat it like it's still a phone, and I think that's the difference. Exactly. That's my point. You you put these things out of the general populace, it becomes... A frisbee. It's it's not... We we all, to to a certain degree, kind of worship the tech. You know, it's all about the tech. We respect. put the tech on the pedestal. Respect. You know, respect. You know, some people say tech is my religion. Well, um, that I, and I keep it's, telling them that I don't have a Bible. It's but, because hey, you uh, don't break your $600 device because I can't afford to fix it is what. So I know that and I'm extra careful with it. I think well, that, that's the thing is that that's that's your price point. You need to right. look at not only you have to look at your market you have to and you have to also understand that the, the majority of people are not going to treat it like the $600 device that's on eggshells right they they're going to treat it like a per, a piece of personal tech that will be dropped bashed broken etc and because of that you need to be able to make these things cheap enough that somebody can actually afford to replace it Right, and then when you get to that point, then you make those bullshit insurance things with your phone a thing of the past. Because if you ever tried to do that, it's it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's 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 a racket. I mean, it's nice. Know. It's nice now that we're far enough along in the product development that you know you can go to Craigslist and buy a pretty sweet phone for 150 bucks true, off true. contract. So if you break it. You know, you these days you're, you can get a Galaxy S, you know, for 150 bucks on Craigslist or something like that. And so yeah. you still have a decent phone, maybe not the newest phone, but, you know, whereas a year ago you couldn't get anything for that, you know, you know on Craigslist. I was always taught you never buy the, the most brand new one. You buy the one right under that, and that's going to be the best one to get. 
Yeah, uh, you know, the, the one thing about the unlocked phones is oh, it's only for GSM, so that's AT&T and T-Mobile. Right, Verizon and Sprint customers are kind of stuck. Yeah, I don't even know what an unlocked phone means here. No, I, I, I mean, I, I have a, I'm on Verizon, and I bought it off one of Craigslist. You just have to check the... Uh, Whatever that number is, I, there's a name right, for it. Right, it's an ESN number. What Todd's yeah, ESN saying, number. though, you can't just get it get it home, take the chip, out, the SIM card out of your existing phone and put it in there and be good to go. That's Yeah, but they, what, Verizon's got a website and things like that. Well, that yeah, you can just yeah, go yeah, to, to can, check that ESN number. Right. So it's still, it's still doable. Right. So let's uh, wrap up this thing. It's going to have a rear 5-megapixel camera, 1080p video, front camera, 2-megapixel, of course. That, that seems to be pretty much standard now. It's weird that it's a 5-megapixel and not an 8 but if you can get away with lower megapixels, as long as you have a good processor I, in there, I'm ready for us to get away on cameras on tablets. I want a Carl Zeiss thing. lens on mine. Just saying, that makes huge difference. The lens, yeah, but the most people don't listen to device that you carry with you necessarily. Can you imagine taking pictures with your tablet like you do with your phone? It would look so ridiculous. Yeah, we need I've to done that. You know what it's for, though? Off. It's mainly for, like, FaceTime or some video chat. That, that's what I see the main use, and but maybe you, taking a picture or streaming live something for, with the back you, camera. Oh. Well, you know, I'm not sure, so sure about that. My Motorola loaned me a Zoom a while back for two weeks. And, you know, unlike the iPad, which has a terrible camera on, you know, on either side, very low resolution, the Zoom has a very nice uh, pair of cameras. And I found myself taking a number of photos because I'd be sitting outside or wandering around with the tablet. And, uh, you know, I've, it has a five megapixel camera that took pretty nice, clear photos. Uh, and and I, was, I was actually taking photos and videos with it because it was so much nicer than what the iPad can do. Was it awkward, though, or did you get used to it after a bit? I actually got used to it because uh, sometimes I literally, you know, the phone would be in the house and I'm outdoor in the yard and, you know, I'm just wandering around. and I'm, Oh, I want to take a picture of this. And I have my Zoom in my hand because I was reading a web page or something. I'll t- I would took a photo of it or a video and it was, it was great. Well, now, granted that there's always that person that will do that, you know, and it and it's handy to have it when you have it. And there, of course, there's always that old photographer's mentality, which is the best camera is the one that you have with you. But the thing is, right. you know, connoisseurs of photography, um, like for instance, not to toot my own horn, but myself, we're still using SLRs. We're right. Using yeah, but that's a SLRs. different, totally right, different but- use case. Absolutely. Right. But, you know, the the other thing, though, has not, well, I wouldn't say nothing to do with photography, but photography is not the only use of a video camera, right? So right. there's also the augmented reality stuff that's I becoming was, much, much yeah. more interesting over the last year. I was just wishing that my Droid X had a bigger screen for that, but I was also wishing that I had lenses in my eyes that would give me my, my heads-up display and take Layer or take Wikitude or any of those augmented reality apps and start piping that in there, man. That, that would make my day so much more exciting. Little Angry yep. Birds, little Stupid Zombies, little this. It'd be great. <laughs> so, Become all right, well... If it were up to me, I'd have a Galaxy S2 in my pocket with a great camera and then... Uh, you know, a tablet with a with a with a decent camera, front facing camera. If I wanted to video chat, right? But save the money. Let me let me pay fifty dollars less on the tablet, and uh, you know, what I mean, don't right. double my cameras. And I mean, if you're into like podcasting and stuff, what I do is use the video option because it, it the video is 1080p, which is good, which also is going to have good audio, assuming the mics are good, and you can just rip audio out of your videos all day long, and it'll sound almost better, I think, than what the the actual audio recorders are are giving you. So, is anyone excited about this? Just in wrap up, 
Excited about <laughs> that was my fault. Uh, is anyone excited about this uh, in wrap up, uh, Seth? I'm excited about the Tegra Three. That's about it. This tablet in particular doesn't interest me, but you I think see the Tegra it. Three is going to be sweet. You want to see it in something else? Yeah, with yeah, a... I think the Tegra Three in phones or you know maybe a little bit nicer tablet or something is going to be you know our tablet with ice cream sandwich on it. We'll see. I'm really excited for Tegra Three, but. This particular tablet, I, you know, I could probably pass on. Phones with big giant batteries and solar panels and probably a pocket windmill, just but, you in know, case. We, we, I wanted that, that brought up earlier. You know, that's one thing I love about Android is we have the option. If we want a phone that will run the fastest ever but, you know, drains battery in four hours, Android will probably have that phone available for you. Right. And then <laughs> once your battery gets down there halfway, you can crank it down to under what it's supposed to be at and get another eight hours out of it. It's, right. It's or, you know, and, or I love the, you know, replaceable batteries. You know, I have three, three batteries for, you know, every phone I've ever had. You know, well, I've, you know, the two phones I've had on Android. And, right. You know, you buy, you buy the you know, extended I, battery. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I get my, you know, the, you know, e, I, you know here I'm going to, Gilbert, but on my eBay, I just buy the cheap, you know, five dollar batteries, and they work, you know, pretty well if they're in emergency. Certainly, they're not; they don't work as good as the originals, but they're fine for. So then you have three batteries, and you can use it all day long, and you can have the fastest thing you want. And anyways, it's an option. That's what I love about Android. For sure. Final thoughts, Jeremy. Um, I'm stoked about the tablet. I think it's going to be great. I think that it will be the first. Fair. I don't want to say competitor to the iPad because I think they're going after say, different markets. Say iPad killer. No, I won't because <laughs> I, I, I don't think it'll have any effect on iPad. No, I know. I get I, so sick of hearing I think that. it'll be the first tablet that anybody's going to care about other than the iPad. It's going to be the first tablet to kill itself. It's an Android killer. What's up now? Todd, final thoughts on this? <sighs> Uh, yeah, the Tegra 3, cool, Not don't really care what's coming out with it so far. I'm really interested in the Kindle Fire, despite it running an old version of uh, Android OS. What if we put Kindle Fire running Tegra 3? Now are you excited? Oh, yeah, then I can also make pancakes and stuff. Nice. <laughs> Joey? Uh, I actually I get aside with uh, with Todd on this. Uh, that's interesting. The most East person, the most West person, agreeing. Uh, <laughs> you guys will shoot. You guys will shoot each other later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're. Uh, I, I'm I'm less excited about what is probably going to be yet another tablet that doesn't really have a huge impact on the industry right versus a tablet that even if underpowered underutilized etc it may have a huge impact on the industry and and the reason why i phrase it like that is that if you look at the uh to to uh, to, to draw a comparison if you look at the ipod versus any other mp3 player on the market that's you know a, a particularly the iPod Classic versus uh, competing products. The iPod would not do several things, for instance, recording or FM radio that other competing products at the time would. And I mean, these were noticeable features that you would go, "Well, geez, this one has this copy and, go, and, and paste. the iPod doesn't have that." And someone would say, "Okay, but this is an iPod." 
And they're like, but this is better. But this is an iPod. And it comes down to marketing. It, it's not necessarily about who has the biggest, fastest processor, who has the biggest, fastest screen, even who has the biggest community. It's about who can market the device best, support it the best, and offer the best value to a consumer. So I think that the Tegra, although it might have the performance edge, of the two, the Amazon uh, tablet has the potential to do more interesting things to the tablet space than the uh, than any other tablet out on the market there right now. Now, is it going to be quote unquote an iPad killer? Um, I doubt it. I think you're seeing two different markets. Oh, I was a totally kidding. Versus a ten inch. I was totally you kidding know? about that. That's just the thing you always heard when it was uh, coming out. They're like, "No, this one will be the i. No, this one will be." It's like, shut up. No, it won't. Yeah, no. It's it, the the iPad has such a huge, tremendous lead over anything else in the in the in, in the space. It's going to have to be a device that competes on price. Look what happened when the HP Touchpad went down to ninety nine bucks. I mean, it's. <laughs> But look what it was for. They went to put Android on it, you know. They they they, they didn't want. I mean, some people got it for like, ooh, look, a, a touchpad. But a lot of those purchases were, you know. I I, I dispute that. I don't think yeah. that everybody was was going after Android you for it. I think it? that a lot of people were going after. I want a tablet. Sure. I and I don't care what it is. I want a tablet. And I want the cheapest one I can find with the biggest screen, and that was the only one out there for 99 bucks with a 10-inch screen. And I think that's what people flew off the shelves. I don't think as many people – as many people that were excited about putting Android on it, I don't think that was the majority of the market. A lot of people were talking about it being their first tablet ever. Uh, I had a friend of mine that was like, well, geez, for 99 bucks, I just buy it and give it to my kids so she stays off my iPad. So That's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So, uh, usually what we like to do, I mean, this is only episode two, and it could completely change uh, on next episode, but uh, we give you guys a, a couple app rec- recommendations from, from us here, what we're using, not stuff that someone was like, hey, we'll pay you money to mention this. No, like, these are things we use. We're on our phones. You can check out, you know, I got an AppBrain account. I'm sure you guys do. Uh, you can look it up on AppBrain. I'm Hasmaticus on there, and uh, we'll post it in uh, the show notes when we get a place to post the show so i'm gonna just go ahead and throw out there there's this cool app i found it's called router passwords (laughs) if you uh are finding yourself in a in a situation that you need a particular uh router password say you need to reset something look it up in this thing it has all of them it's amazing so uh check it out in the app store it's called router passwords and funny enough the icon is a little linksys router so go figure (laughs) Uh, Todd, do you got anything in mind this week? Uh, yeah, I think I'd, l- I'd go ahead and recommend SpringPad. Uh, SpringPad is often compared to Evernote, but it actually has its own set of uh, features and strengths, including the ability to get recommendations from friends on Facebook and Twitter. So it'll collect all the movies people have liked and put it into a SpringPad note for you to take a look at. It's pretty neat. That's cool. I use, I use Evernote. I've never, never heard of SpringPad. I'll have to check it out. Uh, Seth? For for as much as I was just uh, downplaying the Amazon market, <laughs> I'm going to recommend Amazon, Amazon App Store. All right. <laughs> I do love their I do love their free app of the day. Where's so, my check? Um, 
The, and so the one that recently I got that I've been using a fair amount is called Circle Launcher. I think that came out three days ago was the free one, I think. Huh. Um, what it is, it's, it puts a little circle. It's like a widget. puts a little circle on your home screen, whichever home screen you want. And then you press it, and it and it sort of like um, spreads out more widget, more um, actual like app icons. Oh wow! So you can have it's sort of like folders, but in sort of a graphical, a really neat graphical sort of way. How um, is it on a process? Is it is it pretty laggy? Uh, with no, all the I mean I have, you know I've just I'm have a Dink or Joy Incredible running CyanogenMod. mod. I, I think it's a nightly for maybe two weeks ago. I, I just nice. don't have enough effort to put a new nightly on every night. <laughs> yeah, no, my girlfriend has the incredible and it just force closes all the time randomly. It's like the settings thing. And Does she, she has cyanogen on it? No, no. I, she, oh. she, she, she wouldn't let me. <laughs> oh, she should. My, my, I've got one and one's great. I may just on. do it while she's asleep tonight. Yeah, no, she'll love it. Trust don't, me. Don't I? But anyway, so I've been you. using that and it's been great. Like I have, I put one on my home screen now um, called social where I've got like Google plus Twitter, Facebook, you know, things like that. And, um, see what happened so it, it really, I mean, in, in a sense it's folders, Google but trained it's, uh, us. much more graphically. It's much more, you know, aesthetically pleasing. I like how Google trained us. You're already just randomly like, Oh no, it's cool. I got a circle for this. It's fine. That's <laughs> great. It's like the gold stars thing. We were raised for gold stars and now all these games are fully exploiting that. And I can't <laughs> stop. I need more gold stars. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, anything? Uh, mine's a little boring, but uh, if if you're like me, you know you're you don't get to get. I'm in the car a lot. All right, so Word I don't to get that. to charge my phone a lot during the day. So I am micromanaging a lot of things on my phone to, to squeeze the most battery out of it I can. Right. And I really like an app called My Settings, and it's a quick app that you can throw on your home screen, fire it up. And it gives you access to toggle on and off Wi-Fi, GPS, change brightness, turn Bluetooth on and off, the timeout. It's a free app, uh, MySpace settings, and I've got it on all my Android devices, and it's it works great. Nice. What do you think about using car chargers? Because I, I deliver, so I'm in my truck all the time. But I have a car dock, and I notice these ones have the plug in the car dock itself. So I assume that maybe that wouldn't kill my battery. And I'm running things like Waze or you know other navigation and stuff, and it, it's my podcast player, so it's on pretty much all the time. Uh, is it is it bad to do that, or does your battery? Is that why you don't do it? You don't use a car charger? Or what? Oh no, I, I when I'm in the car, I, I do charge. But ah. uh, one of the things about the geography of Vermont is that we have pretty poor service in a huge portion of the area. And, I don't know how well any of you know this, but if you're in an area where you don't have service or have oh, very yeah. poor service, it's going to drain your battery very, very quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to kick it into like airplane mode. I, I put mine in airplane mode once. We went up to this cabin. No electricity, no nothing up there. And I got like three days out of it when there's no uh, no no antennas on. It's amazing, like how much you don't you don't realize it because your antenna is always on for the most part, unless you fly a lot. But man, that those things suck. Like the majority, it's the screen on these bigger devices, and then the antenna, and it just kills your battery. If you turn that stuff off, it'll last you days, days and days. Yeah, I actually have my my Droid One. Uh, is my podcast player, and nice. I can charge it like once a week. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and no one realizes that. Everyone, all you, all you hear is just like, "God, ah, what's up with this battery? What what's going on with this?" But yeah, turn off your antenna, dummy. <laughs> uh, Joey, 
You got a, an app for us you, you've been enjoying lately? Uh, actually, I got to admit, I am the total Android fraud. I don't actually have an Android device. He's the mole, guys. Uh, He's the mole. I'm, Get him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I, 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 will have, I will slap myself on the wrist and, and burn myself uh, in some horrible ceremony after the podcast is done. You know who's buying an Amazon tablet? <laughs> well, I was just about to say that, actually. Uh, Awesome. First one in line for the Amazon. Hey, buy me, buy me one too. Two days with free shipping because of my Prime membership. Nice. Anyway, uh, (laughs) but um, I I did a little searching around the 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 Android marketplace, and I found what I'm hoping will be a girlfriend approved app. Is this? Uh, This is a virtual candle. (laughs) Oh my god! You can play on your phone. It's called Candle Free. Now, when you say play. Explain that, please. Well, I assume that you can just put this on your home screen, and you can fire it up and kill all the lights, maybe play a little romantic music in the background, and then flip to this in the foreground, and have your phone just kind of sitting there on the table, and and you can have a nice romantic virtual candlelight dinner for two. Could you imagine if you had like five tablets and five phones and you just put these things everywhere like on the ceiling and on the on the walls that would be kind of cool except that you'd get murdered for spending that much money on devices and not buying a real freaking candle for can- <laughs> <laughs> excellent for the price of this tablet i can sell you five that's Yankee not animals. the point I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever you know been to walmart or whatever but you can get 100 <laughs> tea lights for 9.99 <laughs> awesome well i didn't awesome. say it was necessarily the best but idea. i mean are are you going to be that guy at the concert holding up walmart tea lights are you going to pop open candle free and have you know your device just shining bright point taken all right look look at it this way i passed over and looked at both stadium horn and taser and said no i'm going for the candle because i figured that that would be the least obnoxious of the three a candle can't play a romantic playlist at the same time no if it was not yet it can because it's android you could just have that open i was gonna say if it was an iphone you'd have to close down the candle (laughs) app and then (laughs) manually open the the player i'm just kidding I do that for my brother because he's such a dick about things. I have to be like, you know what? My Android can do that now, so what's up? And then I take his device and I throw it on the ground. And then he tells our mom on me. And that's that's too bad. Is this right. the same one with the MacBook that you're jealous of? Yeah, yeah. That's all right. I told him when I got one it was going to be a 15-inch screen. Boom. He's only got the 13 so. Of course, you realize by the time you can afford the 15-inch, he'll have a 17. Yeah, I know. He was over here last night, and we were trying to set up a Minecraft server on it, and then he was trying to install Backtrack 5 on it, and for some reason, he had the 64-bit version, but it was throwing these weird kernel errors, and yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> anyway, all right, off topic. That's going to be the end of the show. It's been a slice. I love hanging out with you guys and talking this stuff. Uh, Joey, thank you. Seth? Todd, Jeremy, thank you guys. Hey, thank you, Matt. I, I like the rotating panel of whoever can happen to be here and make it at the time I happen to get off work to do this. So I appreciate you guys being flexible. And uh, yeah, once we figure out exactly who the home of this great show we've started here is going to be, uh, we'll have a website up, we'll have emails, all that stuff. But until 
then just chill. Just kick back, open your little candle app, turn off the lights, and just chill. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Uh, Goodbye. It's a tap of the air.